ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus. Aren't there enough of these pluses out there? Well, not yet. Yes, it's Lance and Matt Plus, a new podcast presented by WFOB and WBVI. Okay, now we've got enough pluses. So let's join Lance Morris and Matt Kaufman for Lance and Matt Plus. Welcome into Lance and Matt Plus, a podcast exclusive heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and online at WFOB.com. I'm Lance Morris. He's Matt Cobbman. Matt, how we doing? Oh, you know, we're doing great, man. It's we 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 get a brand new podcast experience, a premium podcast experience for all the listeners out there. I mean, you have your Discovery Plus, you have your Disney Plus. You have is Netflix Plus a thing? No. Is Hulu Plus? No, Hulu Plus is the no, well, Hulu yeah, Plus maybe a thing. Yeah, Hulu Plus is because there's a commercial and non-commercial version. Oh, that's true. We are the non-commercial. Well, actually, no, we're trying to get sponsors <laughs> for this, so we're kind of a commercial. Ver- Either way, there's all those other plus things out there. It's perfectly time for Lance and Matt to have a Lance and Matt Plus. So we are, we're so excited. We got a great show lined up for you. And I mean, for the first one, I mean, we're, we're hitting the ground running. This is great. I am so excited with this. We are certainly going to come out of the gate strong, if you will. And since it's our debut, we wanted to, wanted to just tell a little about how we got here, how we got from being, you know, children to being, college students to now we actually talk into a microphone. So we'll talk all about that here in a little bit. We'll also be joined by our very first guest. We will be joined by Liberty Benton senior Ben Spies. Ben is wrapping up his high school sports career. He was the offensive player of the year as a Liberty Benton quarterback onto the football field. He made second team for the BBC in basketball each of the last two seasons. We'll talk with him here in a little bit. And of course, if you enjoy hearing Matt and myself, one thing you can do is rate us five stars, review us, subscribe on all the various podcast forums, and of course, tell your friends about us because they're going to want to hear us too. We're going to be posting once or twice a week throughout the next few months, and we'll really start to find where this will take us over the spring and into the summer as well. We know exactly where this is taking us to the moon, baby. <laughs> like Dogecoin, only better. <laughs> That's uh, that's high billing. I don't know if we're going to quite get there. Hey, Dogecoin's five cents a share as of today. I, I am putting some definitive time markers into this podcast. Dogecoin's like at about five cents a coin today. I foresee by the time we switch gears a little bit back into the sports huddle and the regular season broadcasting, you're not going to be hearing from me anymore. Dogecoin will be at $1,000 a coin, and I will be at an island in the Maldives. Okay, well, until then we at least have this. Matt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Matt, let's let's get into the let's get into the nitty-gritty. When did you know that you wanted to be a sports broadcaster? When did I know I wanted to be a sports broadcaster? That is a that's actually a question I've gotten a few times and I'll start by giving my usual cheesy answer I give, which is, you know, as, as soon as it happens, I'll let anyone know. Um <laughs> No, here's the thing. I didn't necessarily choose it. It kind of came naturally to me, uh, becoming in sports radio and just um, sports entertainment in general. Uh, I played football for 11 years. I started in fourth grade and played up through part of my college career. Um, Last game of the year, I was playing in the game, and it was against Muskingum my freshman year. 
and actually kind of dinged up my elbow a little bit during the game. It wasn't anything major, nothing significant, but I was going to miss some time to rehab it as I was able to avoid getting surgery. But while I was doing that, my roommate at Heidelberg at the time was someone who worked at the radio station and he politely informed me using the exact phrase, Hey, um, you never shut up. And we have a one hour open slot on Thursdays at the radio station. Any chance you want to come in and do a show for an hour. And I was interested. So I said, sure, why not? And after being done being insulted, of course, that the reason he thought of me is because he thought I could never shut up. But I started doing it. I did my first show I did was about the uh, New York Giants, New England Patriots Super Bowl. The first one with. um, Oh, God. uh, David Tyree and his catch that he made and the fact that it was an undefeated team that lost in the Super Bowl. And I asked at that point, I was just like, oh, my, this is just amazing. I, I love doing this. this is so much fun. And at that point, I decided to stop playing football. I, I decided to quit. Um, well, not really quit, more like retire. I mean, I played 11 years. I played longer than most people in the NFL. I, I had a good career. I had a good run. <laughs> so I was like, I'm kind of done. Um, I think I think I'm going to take the natural former player approach and switch to broadcasting. So I did that. And I mean, there's some other stories that we can get into. And I guess that's the whole point of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that is, is that get, is the point. It's getting into them. But um, I, I worked a couple years at the station at Heidelberg. And my junior year is honestly really when things kind of took off for me. At that point, I was the uh, color commentator, kind of like what I do now with you and I for most games. And we were having a big alumni weekend because we just got a huge grant to set up um, to set up a new media communication center. And what the MCC is what it was called. So new new location for the TV station, new location for the radio station, uh, lots of classrooms, a couple of labs that were going to be converted just for media style classes, which, which was awesome. Took a ton of donations and we had a lot of the alumni come in because we set up a Heidelberg Hall of Fame for broadcasting. And I was fortunate enough to w- hang out and kind of spend the day glad handing with people that work in the Cleveland market. So fast forward to Christmas break. I am working at Toys R Us. I, I kid you not. It's, you worked it's, at Toys R Us? I worked at Toys R Us for like seven years, man. I, I mean, it, it's actually well, the 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 year I stopped working at Toys R Us is the year they started to go under as a company as a whole. So I'm just going to say for the record, right. I'm, I'm probably solely responsible for Toys R Us not working anymore and not being around. But uh, I, I'm out in the snow getting shopping carts that have just been abandoned because that that's what they do day one that works during holiday season it's hey put on this flimsy toys r us coat and go outside into the tundra and gather all the carts that all the, the parents and the kids and families left out in the parking lot and as i'm getting the carts one of the people that i walk past who actually stops and says hi to me is uh, Bob France, who used to be at WTAM 1100, and he was there at the time. And he was one of the people that I 
had been spending pretty much the whole day with when we did the media center announcement. So we're sitting there, we're talking, and I, I just kind of asked him offhand. It's like, hey, do you do you do anything for like summer jobs or anything like that? He gave me his card and said, give him a call once we got to spring. So gave him a call. Then in the spring, went in for an interview. They signed me up to do an internship, like as a class credit internship with them for the whole summer. And I I thought it was just going to be a one and done type of thing, do the summer stuff. And that would pretty much be the end of it. And it's like, cool, this is, really good opportunity for myself to get some experience and when I was there that's when I knew that 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 is exactly why I knew because it was 12 30 in the morning we are covering a Cleveland Cavaliers post-game show that is just going on forever and I never felt more alive in my life like I was just, I was just like absolutely in love with what I was doing. Just absolutely in love with doing this, working the show, being on the show, being involved in it. Um, fast forward to the end of summer. End of summer, they still asked me to come on and do some like on-air stuff with them throughout the year. So I'd actually be calling in from Heidelberg to do on-air things with them. If I was in town, they would expect me to come in and help out in studio, like as an assistant producer. And eventually when I graduated, I called them. I called uh, Bob and Brian. He was the producer, the guy that I was working with primarily. And I I told them that I graduated. I was looking for work, wondering if they had anything. And they said they didn't have anything for their show, but they'd keep me posted on it. So gets to about... I think it was like last week of July, maybe like a week and a half left in July. I'm down on vacation in Myrtle Beach with my whole family, like my whole family, my grandma, my grandparents, um, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, everybody. We're all this do this big family reunion trip pretty much every year to Myrtle Beach. And I wake up and I wake up to a text message from Brian saying, hey, give me a call. So I give him a call and he says, so we don't have anything for our show, but I just got promoted to be the producer for the Browns radio network. And I need an assistant producer. Do you want in on that? So of course I said, yes. And I jokingly asked if I was going to get paid this time. And he said, that's debatable, but I think we're required to. So that I, that's how I landed with them. Now, now here's the crazy part about that story. It, it's it, in terms of when I got the job, my first job where it's like, I absolutely was falling in love with this industry. About an hour and a half later, your original predecessor, Lance, Mr. Josh Homan gives me a call. And he says, so I hear you graduated and I hear you're looking for work. Would you like to come do the football games for me on our dot com service and actually get paid by me this time, as opposed to when I was doing the games at Heidelberg for free? So, of course, I said yes as well. And then about an hour later, I got a call from a little Internet radio station that was looking for a 
once a week show host and they hired me. So I went from no jobs, getting kind of desperate on a family vacation to within a two hour window, I had a job in the Cleveland market, a job in the Fostoria Finley Toledo market and a job in the Columbus market. Well then. And (laughs) clearly since I do all the stuff that with the Finley and Toledo market, that's the one that's stuck. But uh, that between junior year of doing that internship, going to going to like progressive field to see the Indians play and actually being there for the post game shows, working the shows, being involved in that see, just seeing how just incredibly influence influential and impactful sports broadcasting can be not just to a listener base, but to the psyche of a listener base. I mean, I, my goodness, that, that year for the Cavs, that was, that summer was when they made the Baron Davis trade or that spring was when they made the Baron Davis trade. And I know people were kind of leery on that trade at that point. It's just like, Oh man, we're getting rid of Mo Williams. We're breaking up the band. It's that ended up being your most feared and loathed nemesis Kyrie Irving for which love him or hate him. He was part of the team that brought us a title in Cleveland. And I remember being one of those people that was skeptical, but then watching the broadcasting team completely turn it into a positive thing. And that the listeners started agreeing that it was a positive thing. It's, it's incredible to see how you can influence or sway people's opinions or thoughts on something from a sports broadcasting standpoint. So yeah, I mean, that's how I got my start. That's, that's how I officially got rolling in this business, but to answer the initial question of when I fell in love and knew that this is what I wanted to do when I did that internship at uh, WTAM 1100, that that definitely was the moment for me. Yeah, fair, fair enough. For for me, it's similar in some of the aspects, but not completely the same for me. Uh, for me, part of the similarities were, you know, kind of getting ourselves into a local station. And for me, that was uh, that was the ticket up in up in Toledo at the time. Uh, I had I had always loved sports. I played sports, you know, throughout all my life. wasn't amazing at them depending on what time of my life it was but that's a whole story for down the road as well uh for me i had loved uh loved listening to the shows you know up there it was uh norm waymer who was hosting the shows at the time and i had oh, met norm. him norm waymer oh wow <laughs> yeah i had i had met him a couple a couple different times because they had um back in the day they had those like uh like bus trips to tiger games Mm-hmm. And my dad would find ways to win tickets to those a couple different times. And so I would get to tag along with him to those. And I'd say almost every time I was the only child on the bus in a sea full of mostly grown men. So that, was, right. so that was, so that part, that full, part was full, full disclosure. <laughs> that, that is so the world of broadcasting <laughs> when you first start, you, you, you are like someone's take your kid to work day. Oh, like 99% of your life in broadcasting. Oh yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. But yeah, so I had, I had met him, you know, when I was younger off and on and went to remotes here and there at other times, my dad would know that they were going a place. He would take us there. And so by the time 
I took took it was one of those like career classes in high school that you that I you had pretty much have to take depending on what school district you are and all that. And I remember I made a point of talking to my dad about it because the last time I did like a take your kid to work day or whatever, I just went with my dad because why wouldn't I? Yeah. And so he's like, well, you know, you have to actually try and reach out to someone in something you want to do this time, right? I'm like, uh, I mean, I guess I should. I probably should try. So I ended up, I'm pretty sure, I think it was emailing. I, it was it was the 2010, so I I think it was email. But God, 20, well, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't make fun. 2010 is when I did my summer internship. It was 2010 to 2011 was when I did my, I shouldn't make fun. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I ended up, I emailing, I mean, emailed him asking about, um, it would like basically being able to come shadow him for a day. That was, you know, someone I wanted to, you know, follow in my possible career. And I was at this point, I was a sophomore in high school. So like I knew a little bit, but I didn't know. I didn't know much of anything if we're being honest at this point in my life. Okay. And, do do either of us know much of anything though? At well, any point in our lives? Well, I that, mean, that part's true. But so I ended up, I went to shadow him for a day and it was just his, you know, just general work day. And then near the end of the day is when he actually got to go on the air and have his weekly weekday show. And I remember they had a couple, a couple different guests on. I remember the first one for sure was Dan Dockich. So that was, that was funny. He used to always talk to Norm back in the day from when he was at BG had been talking to him for for all those different years. And, and that I, th- I think at that point that might've been shortly after he was the interim coach at Indiana before, before they eventually went to Tom Crean in a whole other direction. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story, of course. But that, I, but, no, that's why <laughs> we're here. The, the whole other stories is why we're here. Cause we, we could not waste advertiser dollars <laughs> on our whole other stories anymore. No, <laughs> Well, I mean that's that's basically all. It that that part is basically all of that story, but I just remember at like the end of the day like shortly before it was time to go, he's like, "So, are you sure this is what you want to do?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." And I I really was. I was definitely completely thoroughly convinced at that point that that was something I wanted to do and, you know, that's kind of slightly changed the exact arc of what I li- would like to do. It's, you know, obviously we're doing this right now. But typically it's been, you know, I my gears, so to speak, have shifted more towards, you know, the play-by-play stuff and obviously the news and sports stuff I do in the mornings. That's been a part of it too. But so the, the focus has changed a little bit from where it was, you know, at that point as a sophomore in high school. But the fact that I wanted to do sports, I wanted to do radio. Hey, look, here I am. That, hey, man, that's awesome. I, I uh, here. I remember distinctly just thinking about it with, with me, the thought that came to mind, because when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a player in the NFL. That that, that was always my dream that I was going to play in the NFL, that I was going to win a Super Bowl, and that I was going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And why did I think those things? Well, because I love football. That I think that goes without any surprise or shock to any of the listeners out there. My, my love of football. Um, but because that was always something that, you know, I do with like my dad, and my family is that we go to the hall of fame here in Canton. 
um, that I'd go to the games and I'd see the Browns play that my dad and I would watch football on Sundays. And as I was working in this industry and starting to build up in this industry, what, what I realized uh, besides the obvious of one, I didn't grow to six foot four. So the likelihood of me being drafted in the NFL was slim to none, <laughs> but but what, what I realized, the thing that I remembered about these games and about these moments was listening to Jim Donovan, listening to Doug Deacon, listening to Tom Hamilton, listening to these broadcasters. For The way I describe it is they painted history for me. It's I, I can tell you absolutely nothing about the 1995 Cleveland Indians World Series run. And I lived here. I was old enough to actually have cognitive memories about it. But I remember playing as day. I can tell you where I was even parked with my dad and my brother in the car as we listened to Albert Bell's home run against the Baltimore Orioles in the divisional playoffs, where it basically sealed the game for them. I can tell you where exactly I was at when Jim Donovan said, run William run when William Green broke off his big touchdown run in 2002 for the Browns to go to the playoffs for the first time since they had come back. It's uh, it's those things are so ingrained into my memory. It was that epiphany of, you know what, this is the job. Cause I still get to live those moments. I still get to experience those moments and I get to share them with everybody and I'm also not getting the living crap beaten out of me on the field <laughs> while I'm doing it. This is the job. This is what I want. This is what I should want. And yeah, I, I mean, just it's, it has been a growing love affair ever since. I mean, you, you don't drive. Uh, well, I've told people in the past, you don't drive two hours from Cleveland to Finley, Ohio for something that you just kind of like <laughs> most days. That's, that, that's very much the case. It's funny when you bring up just the fact of like you remember specific things from when you were listening to a game and there's there's a lot of examples that I have for that but one of the like w- one of the examples that really strikes a chord with me the same way you brought up a couple examples is I remember I remember listening to it was the USC Texas Rose Bowl Yes. With with Vince Young and Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush. I remember I watched that game up until, I don't know, whatever point I could. And then at some point I was being told to go to bed because I was, you know, 12 or 13 at this point. Are and, you still 12 or 13? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and I remember being the smart child I was. Oh, well, they said I had to go to bed and I had to turn my TV off. You didn't say anything about the radio. So I so I remember turning and listening to that Vince Young run that you see with the moment you oh, see yeah. it on TV you know exactly what it is. I remember listening to that from the radio version and that's one of those that's one of those calls that's completely ingrained in my memory. Oh, I I mean just I I could go through I I could go through so many moments like that but that that's and that's the thing. Here's the thing cuz I, I've I've talked to people about broadcasting, like family friends will have like kids or something like that that are like, oh, they want to do radio. Any chance you can talk to them or ask some questions? I, I, it's weird when people ask me for career advice 
<laughs> on that one because I'm like I I'm usually unemployed for eight months out of the year as being a broadcaster, but the thing that it, it's it's got to be a passion. It has to be mm-hmm. a passion. It really does. And you, passions don't just slow burn develop. When it hits, you know, and, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, for something like that, my my goodness, listening to Vince Young's touchdown run. And we could have a whole conversation about how every player on that field did not turn into a mega superstar <laughs> right? at the next level, because let, let, let's just be perfectly candid about it on that field. Reggie Bush still ended up with the most successful career and he was just and a he slightly was, above average I mean, that's the thing. player People, in the NFL. He had, he had so much hype going into the league that it was, I mean, it's impossible really to match that hype anyway but with the amount of hype he had it was it was like unparalleled stuff on hype alone he has to be considered a bust facts are he actually did have a pretty solid career yeah but the hype was that he was going to change the nfl forever and it's this year here nor there but the point (laughs) being I, i mean what an incredible like passion moment that is where it's just like yeah why why would i not want to do this why would i want to do anything different this is so much fun this is so cool who doesn't want to be the person that calls their hometown team winning a super bowl or winning the world series or being the call on that game winning shot at the buzzer i i mean you you and i literally count the minutes and try to strategize our schedules for basketball solely to increase the likelihood of getting buzzer beater shots because it's that much of a thrill. I mean, this year it absolutely did have every game was a God blessed smoke show until we got to the playoffs, <laughs> but it's, it's stuff like that that makes it fun. I mean, that's, but my passion comes from the excitement for that and being able to entertain people that can't go to the game. That that's, that, that that's always what I think. I think about it from the standpoint of, especially when we're doing the high school stuff, with the kids is uh, someone's grandparents are tuning in because they can't make the game. So somebody's older brother who's out of town in college is listening because they can't make the game. They want to be excited about their family member doing good. They want to be excited about hearing their friend or their brother or their sister's name on air or their grandkids name on air, their nephew or niece's name on air. So that's that. That's where I start getting the passion from as well, at least now, because uh, clear, clearly you and I are not calling Game Seven of the World Series or Game Seven of the NBA Finals at the stage of our careers. But it's I mean, you find just so much it, it energy boosting and career reaffirming stuff at this level, too. It's just it's awesome. It really is. So we all know about how much you love football, how much you played football as well. Yes. What uh, other helmets and dinosaurs? Yeah, exactly. This is very important to know. Yeah. Thank you for that. What, uh, what else did you play or at least try uh, growing up in sports? Okay. So growing up, if it was a sport, I basically played it. Um, As soon as I was able to, and here's something that no one is probably going to be able to envision. I played soccer for two years. 
I assume it was when you were uh, in your much younger days. In my young, precocious youth, yes. Back when I did not look like melted ice cream and mashed potatoes, you are correct. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's almost a rule that kids should that's play, the first sport, play right? soccer. Just just because at that at that stage in life, kids are you know basically balls of energy, and it's like okay, go run around for an hour or two. Yeah, well, just go run around in this big square and accidentally hit the ball sometimes too. It's go have fun. I, but I, I did that for two years. Um, baseball, I played until high school and then did still did a summer league. Like while I was in high school for a year or two, um, I did play basketball. That's, that's not a joke when, when we're on air, me talking about basketball and averaging four points a season, I did play basketball and I was God awful at it. I, I mean, the, the only things that worked in my favor is I had a couple growth spurts when I was younger. So I was taller than most people and I was still a wide bodied kid. So I, I was great on defense. I, I was just dreadful on offense. It, uh, my God, like I couldn't hit free throws. I couldn't make layups. Most of my shots went straight up and down. And, and here's the thing. It's not that I'm not athletic. I can take a jump shot. It's just I suck at basketball. <laughs> it's like I, I, I wish it's something where it's like, oh, you know, with some practice. No, I practiced for five years. I just suck at basketball. So for anyone out there listening, it's really not that much of a joke when I say I averaged four points a season. It's probably pretty generous for about three of the years that I played. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, uh, I was, oh God, I was just horrible at it. Loved the game, loved playing it. I was just, I was horrible at it. Um, it sounds oh. like you had, or at least at the point, that point, that you had absolutely no touch either. Oh no, I, I mean, I was one of those kids that, because once I got big bodied and was tall, uh, I'm I'm fairly certain that my my dad, along with me, was seeing NFL offensive lineman contracts sparkling in my eyes or something like that. So uh, I'm in sixth grade and I'm already starting to lift weights at that point. So uh, yeah, that my, my level of touch was I'd either completely miss the basket or I'd put the ball through the backboard as I was trying to put up a shot in traffic. It's, it's not good. I, I th- thank God there's very few video and photographic evidence proof of me playing basketball because I I think I would lose all credibility with the (laughs) listeners. If if they truly understood how bad I was at playing the game, I know the game. I understand the rules. I know the rules. I know the ins and outs of the game, but if they knew how bad I was at it, I don't think anyone would take me seriously as a broadcaster anymore in basketball. when I got to high school, clearly I stopped playing basketball because I had common sense and I wanted, you know, girls to like me. So <laughs> I decided that I should keep playing that. Uh, I played football all through high school. My junior year of high school, I actually started track and field, joined the shot put and discus team. And my first year, kind of rough. I mean, I didn't really compete that much. I, I competed in a few meets, but nothing major. Um, my senior year, though, I actually made districts in shot put. So I, I, I guess I was decent at that. But also, again, 
years of weightlifting, powerlifting, getting ready for college football at that point because I had already been accepted to Heidelberg to play football for them. So I was on their their weight training program. It's uh, I'm pretty sure you could have handed me anything. I could have Howard Howard it like cannoned it at least 40 feet <laughs> at that point. So yeah, I mean, I did that during high school as well. I didn't do any extra sports during college um, because college sports are a full-time job. I mean, I was getting up at 6 a.m. to go to 7 a.m. film and weight room from 7 a.m. until 8.30 doing that, 8.30 shower, 9 o'clock was my first class. Class would go until 3.15. I had to be in the locker room by 3.25 and starting the walk over to where the practice facility was by 3.30. Practice would go until about 6, 6.15-ish, walk back, shower. Uh, if it was a Tuesday night, we'd have JV film session at 7, so you'd have to grab a to-go bag from the cafeteria for dinner and then go to film. And that would usually go until about 9 o'clock, and then the rest of the three hours of the day was spent doing homework. So I was like, Nope, I, I do not have time for another sport. I'm out. So yeah, it's that. So I did a few, I mean, I played soccer, uh, baseball, basketball, and track through throughout the rest of my career, but football is really the one that stuck all the way through. Okay. So I'll talk a little bit about what I did before. But that's one thing we also have in common is throwing and track. So I'm going to guess you did better than me. Do you remember what your like bests were? Um, well, discus, I was abysmal. I think my PR for discus was like 96 feet. Okay. I got you in discus then. For something like that. Um, for a shot put that to make it to districts. Cause we hosted the. I forget how it is. Is it sectional districts and regionals? I think for track, unless it's changed since when you were there, I think you automatically get get two districts. It's whether you advance past districts. Okay, yeah. So it did change because we had a sectional round beforehand. See, because yeah, I I never had sectionals when I was track because we we had to hit. Well, it it wasn't like an official sectional. It's that each team kind of hosted their own big tournament, like their own conference hosted a tournament and the ones that placed out of that moved on the districts from there. So when I placed to go to districts, I think I threw like, I want to say it was like 48, 49 feet for that one. Um, And it was, it was the perfect throw. I, I mean, I was usually averaging like between 39 to 43 for my throws throughout the year. So I wasn't really expected to make it. Wait, so. wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, right. you're telling me that you PR'd to advance through districts or two districts or whatever. You PR'd by six, seven feet. Well, here's the important thing to know on this one. I had terrible form throughout a majority of the year. So I, I was having good throws that were getting to like 46, 47 feet, but my form was bad and I kept DQing on those throws. I couldn't stay in the ring. Okay. So the ones that I was staying in the ring 
like my first one, because I was just like trying to really focus on form, I put like almost nothing into the throw. And that was like the 38, 39 foot throw. And it was just still learning the ropes. But as the year progressed, I was like getting 42, 43, staying in the ring when I was really trying to oomph it and throw it down the downfield a little bit further or downrange a little bit further. I was getting the 46, 47, but I was also continuing to slide out of the ring as I did it. So it, it was just a matter of that was finally the time that my form was perfect, actually landed the throw and stuck the landing. And so, yeah, my, my PR technically was only like two, maybe three feet further than I had thrown it previously on that one. But it's the first time it actually registered because I stayed in the ring and actually followed the rules. So <laughs> that, that is, that, that's the one where, yeah, that's where I PR'd. So I can tell you, you definitely would have broken the school record for my high school because I think our school record at least was at the time it might've, it might've been broken since then, but I think at the time it was like 46 something. And that's not what I got to. I got to, I think my official PR was just under 40, but for disc, I know I got above at least at the least I know I got above a hundred. So. Yeah. I was say you, uh, you definitely would have beat me in discus. (laughs) (laughs) But my, my form was so, so, so bad with the discus but more importantly than that my track coach clearly hated shot putting discus people uh, clear he clearly and why did. is this okay one day i will show you in private and confidence a photo of me in the track uniform oh <laughs> Because they didn't get other uniforms for the shot and disc team. Oh no, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about because I had the same so, stuff. So I'm sitting there and I'm a big guy. I mean, let's let's make no secret about it. I, I'm a solid eight out of ten in terms of looks on the big guy scale, but I also do have my job of the hut and like mashed potato looking moments in life. He had us in skin tight under armor tank tops yep and what could only be described as daisy duke shorts (laughs) so i I, i'm sitting there looking like an extra backup dancer from a Nicki minaj music like music video (laughs) as i'm trying on this uniform and first thing i do is look at him and go you you just don't believe in any of your throwers getting dates when they're in (laughs) high school do you you just don't. You clearly don't. Which, of course, is when one of the steroided kids walk past and it's like, oh, that's what they he fills it out. Nice. I look like you poured me into this thing if I'm lucky. See, what my trick was is we had a similar uniform of, you know, tight, tight tank top looking top. Very and, unpleasant and tiny, tight stuff. And tiny and tiny shorts. Even even the big two, three X shorts were not big shorts. No. What, what my what my trick was and what other throwers did is we had football shorts that we wore like for workouts and conditioning that sort of thing. Yeah. We had those shorts and we at least for me I know I would wear them and if I was for if I was told to take them off I would take them off. But unless I was told to I just kept it on. Yeah, so so what we had to do cuz and, and here's where it was further proof that he just clearly hated big people that threw 
<laughs> he didn't. I, I, I have very good memories about my track coach. I'm giving him a hard time the same way I did when I was in school about this, but he got a shade of blue that didn't match the football team's equipment shade of blue. So if we were to wear our football stuff, like the shorts that we got as a football team and stuff like that, we would have been out of uniform and gotten disqualified at these meets. So our workaround, we had to go through East Bay and we actually ordered like the Under Armour compression shorts types of things to wear under it. It didn't make us look any better, but at least gave myself and some of the throwers some modesty while we were out on the uh, out, out for these meets and out for stuff going on. Cause my, Oh, uh, again, I'll show you the picture in private <laughs> at some point. It will never see the light of day for the mass public. Cause I don't want children to run away crying and our listeners to heave violently in, away from their radios. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's that track is one that, that I will, I will never forget those uniforms. <laughs> So now I'll talk a little bit about what I did growing up. And for me, uh, when I started, when I was young, baseball was the big one. Baseball wasn't as my dad's favorite sport. So that kind of became the first one I played. I remember starting T-ball when I was like three or four, probably <clears throat> before I was even supposed to actually be starting T-ball because of how much I wa- my dad wanted me in there. Uh, played played a lot of soccer when I was younger. I didn't stop playing soccer till like I was like nine nine or oh, ten. Wow. That's way later so, than I stopped playing. So I think I stopped at like seven or eight. Yeah. I, I, I liked soccer at that point. I wasn't, wasn't amazing at it by any stretch, but I, I, I was okay. Uh, and then started playing football fifth grade when I was first able to, uh, and then played through junior high. Didn't, I actually didn't play my first couple years. Cause a, I'm, I'm glad for this just because I probably would have got concussed because of they would put you on the scout team as a freshman and you probably would have just died. So for part of that reason, I'm glad I didn't play. And then two, just I really, and I, this is what I told people at the time is I really just didn't love playing football at that point. It was, I just did not have an interest in that. I was part of, part of it was scared of dying too, but for the most part, I just didn't have the drive to want to play football. So I didn't play football and played my junior, senior year. I was okay. I didn't play a whole lot, but I was, I I contributed in bits and pieces when I played football. Okay. And then uh, basketball played that. As soon as I could, played that all the way through high school. Again, was not amazing at that either. Um, our team, you averaged our team more than four points a good. season, though, right? Until senior year, yes. Okay. Until well, senior year, yes. Senior well, senior take, year when I only played varsity, I I didn't score that much, but but yes, I did. I did still play. The knowledge that you are clearly a better basketball player than me. <laughs> that you are clearly the best basketball player in this podcast as of right now. I mean, as soon as we get Ben on that, that goes out the window well, for both yeah, of us, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. So and that, and then I did. Um, yeah. And like we just talked about, I threw in track uh, sophomore through senior year. And of course, basketball became my favorite sport, despite all the other stuff going on and it became became my favorite sport and it's still uh, as you still as you know it still still is today 
you know, I would never guess it's your favorite sport based on the scheduling that happened between <laughs> football and basketball season. So here, here's a real behind the scenes story guys for, for everyone out there. If you want to know who's in charge of the scheduling, look at how many games we do for football versus basketball. There's more basketball Let's, games to do. There are, but I, I, you'll be like, yeah, we're going to go do like, Corey Rossett versus, you know, Mount Carmel East. Cause yeah, it's like, I mean, sure. Only one of those teams we cover, but sure. As, I mean, my good, uh, here's the skinny Lance. This is, is also in charge of scheduling. This is important to know. So it, I always find it a little bit of a joke when we do the sports auto. He says the guy that does like football, basketball, whatever else we I decide to bring him along with. He's not kidding when he says he decides to bring me <laughs> along for it, which is amazing with how much guff I give you all the time and grief I give you all the time. You still choose me to go do these things with you. But, yeah. Oh, I know. But um, uh, end of February, this is important to note, end of February between our sports huddle and basketball games that we were covering, you had 15 broadcasts in 12 days at one point scheduled. That was with some, I mean, that was with some double headers in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth knowing some double headers and like having on Wednesday, it was going to be a sports huddle and us doing a game type of situation. But that, that is Lance's level of love <laughs> for basketball. He will kill both of our throats and vocal cords <laughs> to cover as much of it as humanly possible. Like I'm almost confident if we got a call today from like the university of Toledo or the Cavs or the Pistons or any of the colleges in the area saying, Hey, can you pick up some of our games too and cover them? We would be driving and covering those games. And I'm I'm not even thinking before I say yes. Like you, (laughs) they don't even finish the sentence before you already say yes. So this is a great opportunity to thank our sales team for somehow being able to sell Lance's fever dream of a love for basketball <laughs> this past season. Cause yeah, it, just look at the schedule. If you want to know which sport between the two Lance really, really loves since he's the one who does the scheduling. Um, <laughs> but in my defense, basketball can be played every day. Whereas football is typically only played Friday and Saturdays. That is fair. I will <laughs> give you that one. I will give you that one. And basketball can certainly be played any day of the week. I should know because we covered basketball <laughs> games every day of the week for one week during the postseason. It's uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Hilton over there in Finley has me on speed dial at this stage because they just gave me the same room like five days in a row on that one. But oh my god, yeah, it's. That that's really where it comes from. I mean, you're you love basketball, which is great because you have such a knowledge in the game that it really works well. Where I can provide you know some knowledge, some insight, some general thoughts, but clearly you know between the two of us, basketball is not my forte. Where it is yours, and then we get to the flip side of that for football. You do the play by play. You do a great job at it. I should know. I trained you to do it. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's something worth reiterating. But with that one, I, I mean, 
God, just, just to toot my own horn here, how many times have there been moments where I've called the play literally before it happened, like down to who got the ball and when, where they were throwing, when they were running it, like all this, it, because that's my passion. Uh, gr- growing up when it was like time to go to bed, I didn't get bedtime stories. I got stories about the purple people eater defense of the, from the Minnesota Vikings or the no name defense of the 72 dolphins or talking about how Vinny Testaverde is a good quarterback, even though he gets a bum rap, he keeps getting tr- moved to different teams and things that it's, uh, I- I'm five years old and I could tell you everything you wanted to know about the 1979 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that their leading rusher was Ricky Bell, that Leroy Selman led the NFL in sacks that year. It's, I, I should not know that stuff at five. But that's how passionate my father is about football is that's what we would talk about is things like that. So that's, that's where a lot of it comes from too. I mean, you kind of mentioned it as well with that, that your father is very passionate about sports too. I mean, my good, how much of that is where we come from for sports knowledge and sports background too. Oh, there there's, yeah, there's, there's no denying that we'll, we'll save, We'll save that for an actual podcast because that's going to be its own separate thing here say, down we, the road. We could easily save that one for <laughs> Father's Day because why not? <laughs> but uh, just one more thing I want to get to before we uh, before we talk to Ben here in a little bit. Ben Spees from Liberty Benson. We'll talk with him in, here in a few minutes. Favorite. So I, I, I said favorite memory of playing days, but I mean, I'm going to give you a couple favorite memories from playing days that are random, funny skillful, whatever range it may be. Okay. There, there's a couple things that when I thought of this, that, that just stuck out. One Absolutely. of them, one of them I was m- reminded of just when we talked uh, earlier in the podcast is in soccer, because I was never, I was never amazing at soccer, but I was never the worst kid on the soccer team. Okay. So, and I'm, and I'm fairly confident saying that dad, if I'm wrong, you can tell me, cause maybe I'm just misremembering. But I remember when I think I was in like second grade and the team I was on, I think, I feel like we were pretty, pretty good. I think we were kicking the crap out of some team. I think, I think at this point we were like up seven to one or seven to nothing, something like that. Good Lord. Okay. And I scored a goal and I didn't remember scoring that many goals. Like I probably had a couple goals each season, if that, and what was going because at this point I was in a CYO league. So I think because of that, they had like rules that were not like the t- typical traditional rules. Oh, no, see, I've been in CYO leagues. It's a majority of my developing years. They definitely have different rules <laughs> Be- because after I scored a goal, I then was not allowed to play the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Which I was like, and I was, I, even this is the self-aware seven or eight year old, like scored one goal. What do you mean? I can't play anymore. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm done. I just scored. I should really get the ball again. I, right. I'm figuring this out. I remember, I remember that. So that's, that's one soccer memory that really, okay. that, that really sticks out in my mind. Baseball. I mean, I could, I could give you several things from each year of baseball that I played. Cause especially when I was younger, that was the sport for, mm-hmm. for me. But one of the funnier moments I remember is so me, me and my catcher, we would at this. So this was like right when we were starting to have actual like signs to know what to throw. Yeah. So I think, I think we were like 12 at this point. 
12 or 13. And for me, we kind of reversed the signs. If for no other reason in, in the actual instance that they somehow were stealing signs that they would not expect what it actually would be. So for me, number one was not a fastball. Number one was a curveball. Oh, are we talking a 12, six curve or just a traditional curve? M more of a 12, six curve because of the way I threw it. Okay. Because I had a lack of arm strength at this point in my life. Um, but that's neither at here that nor there. Point in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and so I remember I threw and especially when I was at this age, my curveball was not like a slick curve. It was like more of a high arcing curve. Okay. And we had we had this kid um on the other team uh named Jimmy. And that's again, that's gonna be a whole nother podcast probably. <laughs> But he swung. Every team has a Jimmy. Oh, he's he's <laughs> on this particular curveball. He swung so dang early. He like spun himself in the box, and I was. It's one of the only moments I've ever laughed on a sporting <laughs> event that I'm participating in, and okay. it, oh, it was it was amazing. And then I I end up striking him out too. So that's that's one baseball memory. Okay. That uh that I have. And basketball, I got a couple, could go a lot of ways with basketball too, but it's going to be one of my earlier basketball moments, actually early, probably earliest basketball moment is we were in fifth grade and we sucked. We sucked at basketball. <laughs> we traditionally just Northwood in general has not been amazing at basketball. Just look, look at the, look at the history books. Are you sure? I mean, if you, if I ask you, Northwood's the greatest organization in the history of sports organizations. Yeah, no. At least not in basketball. At least not while I was there. And so, this, I mean, this is our first year playing basketball. This is when we were like in fifth grade, and we were, I think we were playing Mommy Valley Country Day, and we I think we were down. We were missing a player or two that would have been on our team and playing because there was like a band concert or something. And okay. what I remember is the fact that I made a free throw. And I thought, gee, I hope this isn't the only point we score. It was, in fact, the only point we scored that game. And it was me making just one free throw of two. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there it is. I, th I think it was, I think the final score, it was 37 or 38 to one. And I had the one free throw. And it's, I don't know how many shots I missed beside that. I have no other recollection of the game. But I know that it was an instance where I scored our only point and we lost by a lot. Fair enough. Okay. So if you've got okay. any that can uh, rival those from your, your younger days, uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and let them rip. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'll get some of the clear cut ones out of the way. Um, like, you know, kind of nice memories. Uh, baseball, I had a walk off home run when I played summer league or at the high school level. It was awesome. Because it wasn't one of those like when you're younger and you just hit the ball kind of far and it, they take a while to run for it so you can run around the bases. I mean, this one, it cleared the fence. I got to toss the helmet and celebrate at home plate type. It, it was it was pretty sweet that that one that one was very fun. Um, football. I'll, I'll give you two good memories, one sentimental one and then a funny one. So I have a funny one for baseball as well. Um, well, I'll give you the funny one for baseball. The game prior to the game winning home run, I got hit in the head twice by the baseball 
from the catcher throwing it to try and get me out as I'm stealing bases. <laughs> Cause I, like, well, first whoa, of all, I was, I was going to say you buried the lead on that. Why are you trying to steal? Okay. First of all, don't let my Java status <laughs> fool you now. I was actually somewhat fast ish for my size. Like I, I was never a entirely slow, just rumbling human being. I mean, I was, but I could sprint when I needed to. I, I was like a Clydesdale. If you give me well, only a quarter mile to work with, I could do some damage. It's okay. But uh, so I stole and the catcher just absolutely drilled me in the head, side of the head, side of the helmet with the ball as he was throwing it. So I was safe. They didn't call interference because he threw it as I was sliding and it just, he threw it wide and it hit me in the head. So I was called safe. The very next pitch, the coach told me to steal again. And he drilled me in the side of the head again when I stole third base. (laughs) It's like two two times in a row getting hit in the head and coach was like, you want to steal home? I was like, no, I think he'll kill me. I think he'll kill me at this point. I'm already seeing stars, man. But um, for football, a good memory is my senior year. We beat the number two ranked team in the state of Ohio in the first round of the playoffs, Maple Heights, who like two years later won back-to-back state titles with most of the roster that was there. Um, that That's a good one. Um, was that also, uh, was that when was it Shaq Washington? Was he there? This was Shaq Washington was a sophomore on that team my senior year. Okay. So yeah, you are uh, wow, good. good I know, you, right? Who Shaq Washington is okay. <laughs> All right, game respects game on that one. <laughs> um, but we we beat them. We were not expected to beat them. But the the key was, I mean, Olmstead Falls where we played. We had a natural grass field. And it was extra rainy that fall. So just our field was a mud pit. Maple Heights at the time had a natural grass field, but they had played the entire back half of their season over at a turf field venue or at different turf fields. So this was just a, that their offense was averaging like 45 points a game at minimum. Their quarterback was running for a th- ran for a thousand yards. Their running back ran for a thousand. We're just sitting there like we're hoes. There's no way we're going to keep up with these guys. And they, they completely got stuck in the mud. They just could not get anything going offensively. And you know, we were able to end up winning and move to the next round, which was awesome. I mean, we won a playoff game. And that's, that's something that is just beyond cool. Um, other good memory. It's a tie between every time I, I was the springing, like the springboard block for a touchdown run it happened quite a few times, not to toot my own horn, but they, they would just, they'd pull me all the time. I was a good, I was good at doing the pull blocks and the amount of times I just caved the defensive end in and that would spring the running back for a touchdown. Just plenty of times on my highlight tape for that one. Um, other good memory though, my eighth grade year as a defensive lineman, I got an interception. (laughs) 
I deflected the ball on the pass. It went straight up. It went straight back down into my arms. And because I played CYO, I had the dot on my helmet, which meant I was too. Uh, you weren't in terms allowed of to my move weight, the football? my size. I wasn't allowed to run. Yeah. So I caught it and immediately had to fall down. But I got an interception. <laughs> you shouldn't have. That would be amazing tape. Oh, it's. I'm sure the tape's <laughs> out there somewhere. It's awesome. It's fantastic. I'll have to find that. But I did get an INT. Um, in terms of funny moments, senior year of high school, last game of the season, it's against North Olmstead, you know, just down the street rivalry game. Rainy, ugly, gross game. About halfway through the second quarter, all of a sudden, everything stops. Like the whole field stops. The officials blow for officials timeout. And the reason me, do you remember the old Burger King NFL commercials? Maybe at all. Like where it, it was like famous scenes from NFL games. And it was the Burger King King that was like superimposed onto oh, it doing them. Yeah. Do you remember the Deion Sanders one? I do not. Okay. I, I'll have to show it to you, but what happened is we had a streaker on the field at the game dressed as the Burger King King. No, you did not. I did. Hand to God, we did. And he he got away from the cops by juking them and doing a cut move as they slid in the mud. It's on tape. I'll, I have to see if Olmstead Falls High School would release it or if I can find on any of the old tapes from like when my parents would film it. But the kid did the primetime dance into the end zone <laughs> and then sprinted off the field doing the Deion Sanders high step as he had three of Olmstead Falls' finest chasing him to a roaring standing ovation. <laughs> Oh man! It, to, I've I've never experienced in my life playing organized sports a moment where in the heat of combat, in the heat of competition, both teams are literally like hugging each other, laughing so hard <laughs> because they're trying to stay upright. Watching this moron <laughs> streak at a high school game dressed as the Burger King. It, it's. Oh, man. I will never forget it. Like I will never forget that moment as long as I live. Like I, I'll, when I'm old and gray and my brain doesn't work anymore, I might forget my name. I might forget this, uh, all sorts of other things, but I will clearly remember some dude dressed as the Burger King at a football game. Oh man. That's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think we can top that. No, that, that's the perfect spot to end it. The Burger King as a streaker. The end. <laughs> uh, next week, Matt and I will talk a little about our college experiences. We'll talk about how I ended up at Bowling Green and how he ended up at Heidelberg. So stay tuned for that next week. But before we can do that, let's switch gears and we'll talk with Liberty Benton senior Ben Spies. Makes a second down in three now for Liberty Benton. Two ten to go. In this opening half, they lead 10 to nothing over Macomb BBC football. As Beast is going to drop back, somehow avoids getting sacked there, flings it down the field. That will be caught. Alex Dillon up and moving. He's going to get in the end zone for the Liberty Benton touchdown. And 
you got to give all the credit in the world for Ben Spies as he was somehow able to shake off the sack. I think that was Eli Franks he somehow shook off too to throw that touchdown to extend this LB lead. Yeah, no, he just shimmy shook Eli Franks. That is not an easy thing to do. Eli Franks is just a monster of a human. As it's going to be Ben Spies wide open, knocks down the three from the left wing to get LB on the board. Does regain the lead. They go down inside to Baker. His layup a little too strong as Ben Spies grabs the board, pushes it up ahead to Cason Doolittle for the Eagles as he almost runs out of real estate before getting it back up top. Ends up in Ben Spies' hands. He pump fakes. Arrives the lane, goes up, gets it to fall with the contact. And that's one thing Ben Spies loves to do is go for the pump fake because you have to respect his shot from outside. And once you don't, he'll go right by it. Transition, Liberty Benton pushes it. Ben Spies open left, right wing for the three. He'll knock it down. Once again, another three for Ben Spies extends the Liberty Benton lead. Kepling's layup unable to fall as Liberty Benton takes it the other direction. Ben Spies with it right wing. He'll try another three. He'll make another three. And actually say a little just inside the line that time. But still, Ben Spies extends the LB lead to 10. Eckford gets the offensive rebound back out to Ben Spies. He knocks down another three as he looks for... There are some student section people there, but not a not a typical packed student section that you get in 2021. Jason Doolo swings it all the way back up to Ben Spies. He'll try his look again from DP again. Knocks it down from beyond the arc. Another three-pointer for Ben Spies. It's turning into a runaway 31-12 year score with 5.20 to go in this opening half. He's already got 15 points, and we got five minutes to go here in the first half. Boyd setting things up, left wing for Liberty Benson, back out Ben Spies. He'll try his luck from deep. The threes keep falling for Ben Spies. He extends the Liberty Benton lead with 47 seconds to go in the half. Another nice play from Spies, although he could have taken the three. It looked almost like uh, number 10 there, Zach Wynandy, was daring him to take the three, which is not... I would, a... not, I would not suggest <laughs> that, personally. <laughs> and now Spies gets his first three of the second half as he gets that one to fall from the top of the key now 54 to 24 in favor of lb back we are here on lance and matt plus and we are we are now pleased to be joined by our first ever guest in our new podcast history joined by liberty benson senior ben spies ben wrapping up his high school sports career offensive player of the year as the liberty benson quarterback on the football field made the second team for the bbc in basketball each of the last two years and he's of course one of our favorite players to watch over the last few years, and he now joins us on the show. So, Ben, let's start with the most important stuff. Where do you rank your appearance on Lance and Matt Plus among the different things you've done in your young life? Oh, it's got to be up there. This is – I've never been on a podcast before, so um, – but I've always wanted to. I watched Joe Rogan, so uh, – Oh, there you go. Yeah, so this, this has got to be up there. Definitely top five. Um, <laughs> I'll take I top like five. I'll take top five. I was going to be insulted if it was anything less than top ten. <laughs> Which I mean, you have you have the background, you ha you have the moments and experiences because Lord knows Lance and I have been there to see most of those top ten yeah. moments. But um, yeah, look, let me echo what Lance just said. Of thank you so much for coming on, we appreciate it. Um, I, I do have to tell you, I'm a little offended you didn't take one from the volleyball line during the All Star game. I know, that I, I, I like. You were set up perfectly for it. You had one with about 10 seconds left. In time, I'll learn to forgive you. I think we'll get past it during this interview today. Um, but let, let me kind of piggyback off of the favorite moments here. Clearly, being on this show is one of them. But in your time for playing basketball, we'll stick with basketball for the time being. Would you say being in that all-star game, making a little bit of a playoff run, would that be your top moment or what would you have as your top moment for your time at Liberty Benton for basketball? 
Um, oh, that's a good one. Uh, my top moment was I say you've had probably, some good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my I would say my favorite one would have to be uh, the, the buzzer beater against Hopewell. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was the best one. Yes. No, yeah, just had a lot going on that previous week, and um, you know, I had to sit out the game before, and then I got to come back and was able to play against Hopewell and to be able to do that it was it was great it was it was awesome Uh, I say full disclosure it was awesome for us too you nearly (laughs) killed me I mean, I'm a large dude. I should not be in pressure situations like that on a frequent basis. (laughs) And that game went like the whole game was that way. Lance could attest this. I was like, I'm tasting copper pennies. My left arm hurts. What happened? I blacked out. (laughs) But Okay. That's a good one. That's a a solid, solid choice. And I'd say that's probably one of my two top moments for you. I'll let Lance try and ask his question or maybe answer that for himself, but I, that's up there for me as well from things I mean, that you've done. This is the second time I've officially spoken to Ben as far as like an interview goes. He was on the show on the sports huddle junior year. And that was when we first told him about how him and Michael Erdeljack are basically the Spider-Man meme. Not that he hadn't heard that before, but that was one of the things we, we talked about then. And he said then that that was his best moment. And that was probably a month after that game, something something in that neighborhood so but for me my, my first question for you is the days are you know obviously starting to tick down on you know high school football and basketball are both done what's what's the future looking like for you for the next couple of weeks or so uh next couple of weeks uh well i just got a job so i'm gonna be starting to work and stuff and then um you know always filling out scholarship applications it feels like um <laughs> plan to go to bg um, and, and do business there but you, you, you you're hurting Matt just because a he didn't go to BG B I did so that's and whenever he meets someone who either wants to go to BG or is already going to BG he has this bias just because me and a bunch of other guys who worked with at the station have been either going to BG or graduated from BG so Matt why 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 the hate first off why the hate look here's the deal Ben, I'm trying hard to like you here. Okay. Oh, geez. Trying, trying really hard to like you. First, you come on to our program and say, yeah, you guys kind of make top five. Then you say you're going to BG, which means that clearly Heidelberg did not do a good enough job recruiting you to come play quarterback for them. So now I'm just mad at my alma mater and I'm mad at myself <laughs> that I didn't make a hard enough sales pitch here. But, um, okay. So actually here's a million dollar question. If, if BG is kind of what you're leaning towards for um, business, are, are you thinking possibly of trying like as a walk-on or anything like that with the football team up there? Yeah, uh, so I have a cousin that plays for them, and he uh, has played in every single game that he's been up there, and I think he's going to be a junior this year. Um, And he has told me many times that I am better than their current quarterback. Uh, Here, before before Lance says, I think, yes, 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 you are. Yes, you are. He is trying to convince me to to walk on. He thinks that I would play. Like, he – I. But I mean, I don't know. D one's a whole different animal, man. I don't know. I just yes, D one is animal. yeah. It is a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal that four years from now I get to trade for you on Madden football because you <laughs> played at BG as opposed to one of the smaller schools. So uh, I'm I'm 
progressing to a point here on this one, Ben, is that go play football at BG. <laughs> I, All right. I, your cousin is a wise individual. I don't know how wise he is because he went to BG instead of Heidelberg, but he does seem like a wise individual <laughs> all the same. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, well, I mean, congratulations, by the way, yeah. for that. Uh, I'm, BG, I'm, that's uh, awesome. I'm, I'm just thinking about the walking on part. You know, I can do basketball too because my brother-in-law, you know, knows their coach and you know you there's, could, and you, some, you there's would, some connections there but yeah you'd, you'd play there too <laughs> you would play at that point as well but I, I don't know it just takes up a lot of time um i gotta think about it, that's for sure but i i would say i'd probably lean towards football because ability and i'm not as fast on the basketball court so i, I would lack there but you know yeah He's very self, you're very self-aware, if nothing else. You have, you have that going for you. Yeah. Yeah, self-awareness is key. That helps. I mean, I accept the fact I will never play wide receiver again in my life. So, <laughs> I, I understand. I get it. So, with with that being said, um, just you don't need to drop any, like, school names or anything like that. Have you gotten offers from any places, like, around the area or maybe some smaller schools or anything like that? I have I've gotten zero offers. I talked to two schools for basketball and um, yeah, I texted them for a little bit and then that kind of died off. So uh, your alma mater was one of them. Okay, well, my alma mater is full of morons. I mean, they hired me. They, they recruited and got me to go there, for God's sakes. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> clearly, the recruiting yeah. process is on. That's they're not they're not morons. They're they're all right. But that honestly, I'm shocked because uh, besides the fact that you are the world's first successful human clone between you and Mike Erdeljack, and that you just haven't admitted to it yet. I mean, here's the, I mean, Lance, feel free to jump in and back me on this one or correct me if I'm wrong. It's in terms of quarterback play. I've been doing this for about 14 years professionally. And as um, just an amateur, when I did it in college, when I was broadcasting in college and I can't really think of a quarterback in the area that has had a pet, a better pure passer pedigree than you have in terms of your, year and a half plus when you were really under center and really showing off what you could do at different times. So uh, I, I'm just floored. The, the fact that you're saying that you only had like a couple conversations as opposed and to for basketball for just for basketball, that, that nobody's yeah, that been coming your way for football. I, I, mm-hmm. you, you passed so many eyeball tests for me. I'm just floored by this at this point. <laughs> so that's, I, I mean, Lance, our, our, I got to imagine you're just as shocked well, on this one. I'm, I mean, there's two parts to that. And it leads me to, of course, embarrassing you again. The only thing, as far as uh, what I remember from different guys I've seen in the BBC, I mean, the only one that really comes to mind in terms of just pure passing is the guy you said can't run, and that's Jared Reese. I still stand by it. If you Good. give me a choice between passing and running, I'm going to choose Brees for passing as opposed <laughs> to running. I think ben, ben being self-aware would choose Ben for passing instead of running though as well. But mm-hmm. no, I, I'm well, actually that's a pretty interesting point though, to bring up not the Jared Brees thing, but getting back to the, just looking at colleges and what you're looking at going forward for yourself, Ben, um, 
what outside of just that has the process been like for yourself and some of your teammates? I mean, you, you guys were a very, very celebrated senior class, very accolade heavy. I mean, ha, has it kind of been the same situation for everyone kind of going through that really a whole, whole lot of not contact happening? Uh, so I, I know Abbott is um, try, trying to go somewhere to play. And I, I think trying is, what the direction he's leaning towards, but I, I don't think anyone else uh, yeah. is contacted for really anything. I mean, I know I, DeRay wrestling. I'm sure he's going somewhere. Um, Drew Baker wrestling. Drew Baker actually is going somewhere for wrestling. I don't know exactly where, but um, but no, it's it's weird. And the whole recruiting process for for my grade because of COVID is terrible. But uh, that's, that's just that's actually a fair point. I mean. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I honestly think that – and I, I'm not like a, like, woe is me kind of guy, but, like, my class, I think, got the brunt of it compared to the last year's class. You know, all the, all the colleges, like, I know Finley, every senior is coming back next year for that extra season they get. And so it's like, you know, Turbin and Mangus, like, they're going to – they're not going to be – they're going to have to redshirt, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be ready to play, jump right in, not with the seniors returning, anyway. So it's just stuff like that, but it's difficult. That is a very, very good point. Just thinking that pretty much across the board in college, everybody basically got a free pass because of COVID that teams could have very little to no roster turnover if those seniors all decide to come back. And I mean, it's going to be different at every school, but I mean, that that has to be something that, like you pointed out, it has to affect just how much these schools are looking at your class in particular, just because they know, okay, with X amount of seniors coming back, we probably don't really need to look too hard at the guys that are in the next coming class. Exactly. Yep. All right. So now, now I do have, it's a two parter because you're done with your BVC days. Your, your Blanchard Valley Conference days mm-hmm. have gloriously come to a close. The statue is currently being erected outside of the Dameless Liberty Benton Arena and Stadium that they have, which I personally, the Ben Spice Arena sounds pretty good. But yeah, Coach Irwin... Like yeah, the, the Spice Center, exactly. Right. Coach yeah. Irwin yeah. informed us it costs a lot of money to get things named because we were trying to make it the Matt and Lance Arena. Um, yeah. That did not go over well with my bank or my credit card. So that's probably not <laughs> going to happen. But now that you're done with the BBC, I, I always am curious to know, because I know back in my playing days, I had my preferences. Uh, who was the team you always enjoyed playing against and like just had that extra fire to play against that week? And which team was it where you were counting down the minutes? So it's like, let's just get out of here as fast as we can. Oh, it's always Arlington. It's always, always Arlington. Ar- always Arlington. I mean, I tell you what, that uh, the week I'll just I'll just use football as an example. Football. I mean, that week is insane. I mean, it is intense. Coach Dietz, little ball guy, glasses. He's just he's always fiery and intense that week because he just he don't want to lose to them. And you know we haven't lost them in nineteen. Is it nineteen years? I think it's nineteen. Like, it's, I think, it's, it's I think been it's 19. nineteen years. Yeah, nineteen. Your years. entire and existence, you've never lost to yeah. Arlington. Correct. So <laughs> uh, it's it, it's pressure, but at the same time, it's like God, we hate them, you know. So and then you know, 
I don't know. They're in their own little world over there. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. See, see, the irony is when we asked Tyson Spire this last year, his exact words were, oh, it's always Liberty Benton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean we, we each hate each other. It, it, that, that is some mutual hate. Okay, so Arlington is the winner there. Uh, so to, for follow-up part two, who, who, is the, who is the team where you're like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to throw this as an incomplete pass because they don't have anything else to cheer for. That's, uh, may, may, okay, I'm going to let him take – let me take the hit on this one. Cause Oh, bless their heart. They're trying so hard. <laughs> right. so I, I would say football. It would, well, during my career at, as, as a high schooler, we never really, we never played Corey or, or Van Lu or Arcadia. So it couldn't really have been them, but like, I would say North Baltimore, maybe, <laughs> or Riverdale, you know, sometimes it's like, eh, just whatever. <laughs> we're we're up like, 40. Oh. Oh, I threw it in completion. We're winning uh, by 40. Whoops, oh, no. Whoops, yeah. <laughs> yeah for, for, for basketball, man, I don't know. I don't know. I never I never really took a break in basketball. I didn't – I don't know. No, no, uh, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. No, because I don't know. To me, it's like five guys on the floor. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta make sure I'm doing 100% my part. Football, it's like, you know. I mean, I am the quarterback, so it's kind of hard to slack, but I mean, I can do it. I cannot run out of fake or something, you know, but uh, basketball, uh, I think it's a little more noticeable if I, if I slack off. Yeah. Let, let's just say we audible do a handoff to Drew on more than right, one yeah. occasion during those games. Like, yeah, no, let Drew take the hit. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, man, Drew, Drew takes some hits. I tell you what, I mean, that kid throughout his entire high school career, even when he was a starter, he was like, you know, I'll run scout team. Like in practice, and he would just get killed, and I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, dude, it's fine. I'm like, okay, I guess. It's I mean, fun. <laughs> I, I I guess like that's what you want to do, but yeah, oh. he's a tough kid. And you talk is. about and you talk about Drew, and it's funny when you mention him. Going back to when you guys play Arlington, each of the last two years, he's had most of the touchdowns, both as a senior and that junior year game where it was the lightning game and it took forever to get the second quarter rolling. And then it goes double OT. I think he had both of the touchdowns in overtime. And I don't know if he just unites the Liberty Benton hate over Arlington, but in both of those games, he was our player of the game because of how hard he was running in those games. Yeah. He, he just like puts his head down and he just, you know, he just goes, he, he doesn't stop either. And he's so shifty. Like, I mean, obviously, like, his senior year, this past year, he would, like – there were three occasions where he literally ducked under people's arms, like Bryce Basinger. He literally just went, whoop, like, right under it. It was so funny. And uh, he did it against Arlington, too, and it was just – yeah. He's, he's definitely very underrated. He was, he was very good for us. I was glad to be his teammate, so. Uh, that, that, that's a great – QB answer there saying I was glad to be his teammate on that that that's a that's a very solid quarterback answer so uh, I I do have a question stemming from basketball most recently the all-star game that you know that kind of set this whole thing up of you coming Mm -hmm. over saying hi and we put you on the podcast here you had a conversation with Thorben as you were checking out of the game initially yeah yeah I was under the – I was trying to either overhear it or lip read. It seemed like you said something to the effect of don't score anymore. 
<laughs> am, am, am I wrong on that one? Because at that point, you were leading the game in yeah. scoring. You had the most yeah. points. Mm-hmm. So, so I had, I had 20, when I had 25, he had 20 at that point. So yes. We were, yeah. So uh, before the game in the locker room, like, I don't know, I was being a goof. I was like, just trying to make friends, you know, because I didn't really know him. And uh, I was being just weird. I was being funny. They were all laughing at me and stuff. Well, they all thought I was terrible because the way I was like talking and messing around. So I come out and we're at like 25 points. And they're like, bro, you're like really surprising us. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get to that point and uh, I look at, is it Turban, Thorbin, whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, something. but uh, something. Well, I looked at him and I was like, uh, don't score. Or I said, if you, if you score five more points, uh, I'll admit that you're better than me. But if you don't, then I'm, I'm sorry. I'll have to take the throne. And, uh, and I was being completely sarcastic because obviously that kid is so much better than me. I mean, that hey, he's good. He's a good ball player. I tell you what. He, he is pretty good. Okay, so here's the, the follow-up question to that. Did you check yourself back in as soon as he got to 26 points? Because <laughs> no, I did he not. He got to 26, and you were immediately going back to the scores table <laughs> at that point. <laughs> no, uh, so – uh, Joey Bonham's foot was hurt, and so uh, Al told me to go back in for him. And because okay. I was scoring, because I was scoring the most and playing well, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna put you back in, see if we can win this thing." And we tied it up, I think. But hey, you got you guys be a good. Okay, so I I was curious. I knew there had to be some discussion there because he backed away from it, laughing. You were laughing. It's like, okay, he had to have told him to stop scoring or something. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, I, I, the case. I told him I was like, if you if you score. Five more points, which would have – well, I guess I said if you scored – if you score more than 25, I think that's what I said. And then I'll admit that you're better than me. So, I, I, so I'll, I'll ask because you bring up uh, just a follow-up here. What is that experience like, like doing an all-star game? Because, I mean, you, you talked about uh, hating Arlington. Well, for <laughs> four, 40 minutes, Bryce Gass, Brendan Hall, and Xavier Thornton were your teammates out there. Yeah. I mean, what, what is that experience like going through an all-star game process? I, I would say the fans at Arlington are worse. So, like, <laughs> it's it's more like the, you know, having to listen to them, like, yell at you and stuff like, oh, I can't stand you. But, like, the kids are, like, they're fine. I mean, Bryce is pretty quiet. and I mean, I talk to Zay probably more than I do Bryce. But, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It, was, it wasn't bad at all. Okay. But. So, reflecting a little bit on your senior year, I would love to get uh, at least this perspective from you. In those two games you missed, that was kind of when things really shifted for you guys in terms of more of the younger guys getting some time. And not that it was a bad thing, because depending on the game, it was really, really good. But from that point, it's when, like, the rotations changed and it kind of became more of you, Josh, and Alex were the really the only seniors getting consistent time because sometimes Keaton wouldn't get minutes, sometimes Ryson wouldn't get minutes. What was your kind of perspective on that? Because it kind of seemed like at that point, for good or for bad, the rotations changed to a point that it wasn't the same guys that were really starting and playing significant minutes as it was in the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it kind of weird. Um, we didn't really expect it. Um, like, I don't know. It's just weird because me, me, Bryson, and, and Josh, and Alex, we had all started – started games to begin the year and then Bryson slowly lost playing time um 
which I didn't ask why. I don't, I, I didn't want to get into it of why. Um, but Keaton, like, I think he started every single game as junior. Mm-hmm. And then, what, not a single game this year? But that was a little odd. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely weird for, for me and Josh. Cause me, I mean, me and Josh have played the most. So we're like, what, like, what's going on a couple times, but we just kept playing, you know, we don't really like, we're like, okay, well, let's just still try to win. There's, there's no point in like, it, it wasn't like we were, com- we were going to complain or anything. Like we had nothing wrong with it. We were just like, what's, what's the game plan here? What are we, what are we trying to do? So. And we, cause I mean, we talked, we talked with coach Gherkin about it earlier in the year and it, I, I, I would, I, again, I want to say it wasn't a bad thing, at least from the team wins and loss perspective. I mean, it's not like you were putting in players that were bad. It was just the fact that, you know, Keaton, like you said, started like every game as a junior was either starting as a sophomore or was one of the first couple guys into the game. And it just, it seemed weird that there would be spurts where he's not getting into the third quarter or Bryson was getting like the junk time minutes. It just, it just seemed so weird compared to where things had been earlier in the season, like that first Van Lu game. And I think it was all seniors and Kaysen starting. Like it just, it just, it was one of the weird, it was one of the things that we could actually point to as being truly different for any of the, really any, any of the teams in the league. It was very different. And, and it kind of, it, it led to um, a couple of those seniors, a couple of us to clock out a little bit. Like, you know, just, I mean, I would say that those two just, and not to dog on them, I don't blame them because it was just like, boom, like you're not playing anymore. Like, it was like, what the heck? And, you know, they, they just kind of clocked out and they didn't really care anymore. And I, uh, personally, I'm not going to blame them for that because I, I feel like I would do the same thing that happened to me. Um, but, um, you know, obviously they were a little a little frustrated, which, no, I, but, I, I think there's a person on the planet who would disagree with them being frustrated on that one. It's yeah, that's and, that that's always that that's always the toughest one, especially from a senior perspective of you're playing. Then all of a sudden it's like okay, roster roster realignment, and you're now bottom yeah. of the barrel on that. Right, and it, it just never made sense to me either. It was like you know, every time I, every time Keaton would play more than more than his normal minutes. I mean, he had 14 points like twice or three times. And it's like, okay, so what what's going on here? We're like, let's put them in. And, and in my opinion, I don't know. I I'm off the team now, so I can't really get in trouble for saying that. You're, so. you're off the team. Right. You weeks left at Liberty. You, know Bet. You, you got time. You're good. I don't. I'm not like dogging on Coach Gherkin or Coach Paz or any of them. You know. But in my opinion, I just I thought it should have been us five seniors starting. I mean, you have Bryson, who is a one hell of an athlete. You have Keaton, who can just walk up and go dunk the ball. And then you have me, Josh, and Alex, who have played for three years. And I don't know. I just never I, – I always – and we're the biggest and strongest on our team. I mean, by far. I mean, I can bully anyone. Not bully, but you know what I mean, like you know, muscle yeah, up. No, it's, it's me, jo- me, me, Josh, Alex, Keaton, and Bryson were physically – just physically, we're all – I mean, we're all 18-year-olds. I mean, we're all right. adults. And, and in my opinion, when when you have when you have five adults out there on the floor versus a couple sixteen year olds and a couple seventeen year olds and maybe one other eighteen year old, 
I think there's a huge difference, especially in high school. You know, when you get to college, obviously it's a different story. You can have a freshman that dominates, but high school, it's, it, I feel like, you know, you get five adults and you can dominate. I say to, to be fair, when you do walk off, didn't mean to cut you off there. Lance, when you do walk on at BG to be the starting quarterback, understand in your their eyes you are pond scum at that point. As as, just right. a, uh, as a punk freshman again, but that, that, right. uh, I I'll let Lance ask it make his statement. But I totally one thousand percent am in agreement with you on the five seniors aspect. Um, I, I can look back to my senior year playing football. We had four different positions where we were having sophomores starting. And the seniors that were behind them were twice their size, twice their speed, and had been doing the job the year before. And it's like, we we would be rolling right now if mm-hmm. we weren't playing the develop experience game here with these yeah. kids. What what are we doing? So right. I, I, I get where you're coming from 100% on that. So Lance, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. I just wanted to kind of switch it back to a little more positive light. And uh, I guess it's, it, it was just something Matt and I talked about off the air all the time. So I wanted to get your perspective mm-hmm. on that. Um, oh, yeah. One of your things that we've noticed, aside from your shooting, which we obviously noticed, is your pump fake. Your pump oh, fake, yeah. it seemed to be, especially on the perimeter, something very few other players did. And you were able to do it and do it very successfully. And it could create space for you different times. Is that something you really had to work on is that something that was natural like where where did that development with you being able to use that pump fake when did that kind of start and develop it was definitely natural i i mean i would work on it kind of um but it it came naturally because my sophomore year when i started to get face guarded it was like oh my gosh like i hate this like why are you face guarding me i'm i'm a 16 year old i'm i i'm not we're not we weren't that good so it's like pointing you face guarding me you're still gonna win so just please let me score. <laughs> no, but uh, so, yeah, so come junior year, I was like, okay, well, I got to do something a little different. I can't shoot. So um, I just decided to pump fake a lot and I would pump fake almost everything, you know, in practice or in the summer leading up. And I just got so good at it that like in practice, it's insane because people just go flying by me. And then, you know, I'll sometimes, you know, triple, triple up a pump, a pump fake on them. Like I'll just pump fake side dribble pump fake again they'll go by again and I you know I don't know it's just it's pretty it's pretty good and I never really focused on it but yeah uh, okay well that that's just disgusting that that just came to you naturally <laughs> it, that, it's a nasty pump fake it's it very is nasty a, it is a yeah. vicious pump fake yeah, I, you, yeah. there there has been a trail of players you have left in your wake with that yeah. pump fake just over the last two years alone. And mm-hmm. uh, so, something that comes up with that too, it, it, it's interesting because we watch you pump fake. Lance and I could just look at each other and be like, yeah, this next one's going in because he just pump faked. Like, the, mm-hmm. does that just add to the, like the energy as you're pointing that shot up? It's like, I, I just faked this guy straight oh, yeah. out of this gym. This ball's yeah. going in and Those- how do you need to follow it? <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. My favorite ones are just the pump fake, side dribble, pull it. I'm in rhythm. There's no one in front of me. And, you know, I felt good at that guy going by me. I was like, oh, gotcha. And just one tiny dribble. Now, I got to ask, with that pump fake, this year especially, to keep with the just the 
despicable things you can do on a basketball court, just really nasty stuff. You developed quite the inside game this year too. Mm. Like go, going to the, I, I can recall a couple games where we'd see you do the pump fake, you drive, go baseline, put up a layup. And we're like, it, it's the fourth quarter has been taken a three pointer yet. Like <laughs> this is it, it, it. It's like watching happy Gilmore when he's like happy, learned how to putt. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah. well, was that something that you actively wanted to work on this year or just you saw a lane and you wanted to take it type of deal? No, me, me, me and my dad actually worked on post moves uh, for a while um, and just finishing at the rim and like a little floater or a little just kind of like, you know, I don't even know if it's a hook. I don't even know what to call it. But uh, if it's it anything little, across the side, it's a hook. It's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, me and my dad worked on that a lot. I definitely give credit to my dad for a lot of things because he's a better shooter than I am. He was a point guard and he was a lot faster than me. And yeah, he was, he was a hell of a player. So I give him a lot of credit. I listen to him with everything he tells me. Sometimes I, I get annoyed though. Like, you know, I don't, I'm one, of the, I'm one of those kids that like, I don't, I don't like my dad coaching me. I don't like it. You know, I used, when I was a little kid, I, would, I hated it. You know, so he had to stop coaching. Um, but, but you know, every, everything he taught, taught me, I, I listened to when I did. So. I'd say it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, I think so. It, it, it did good. I think he gets a thank you card at the end of the game there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, we'll, we'll let you go here in, in a few. But one one thing I wanted to see, a couple of different things, just kind of favorites, biggest biggest trash talkers, things like that. Who, who were some of the biggest trash talkers you played against? And how many times would you say you were the biggest trash talker? I was a big Sunday. Every time I played. I every time it. I played. I, I was a big <laughs> I so knew it. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Even even when I wasn't doing good, I was like I was still kind of I mean, I, I, I was always nice about it, kind of. Unless they made me mad. Then I was like, okay, it's over for you. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> Are, are, so, are we I'm talking take, like gonna... Philip Rivers being nice where it's gosh, Jiminy, so. darn it, or? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not as uh, good as Philip Rivers on those. But uh, I, I will tell you this. Uh, this is actually – I don't even know how I forgot to tell you this, but on that hope ball shot. <laughs> so right before I – right as we're getting ready to inbound it, um, I look at – what was his name? Who was guarding me at the time? No, Jordan wasn't guarding me. I'm trying to think of who it was. Kaufman. Okay, yeah. yeah. Kaufman, the uh, dark hair. Yeah. I look at Kaufman. And he's like, "What are you guys running?" I'm like, "I'm making this shot." And he's like, "No, you're not." I'm like, "I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm making this yes. shot." I yes. actually said that. And no, no, that's, that's the best part. Is it's like something from a movie. And I'm like, I'm like I just did something from a movie. And, you know, I just told this dude directly to his face that I'm gonna drain this shot. And then oh, I made did. it. You did. It was great. That, that was all oh, that. You just made one of Lance and I's best sports stories, like <laughs> even better. Yeah. And that's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's literally Larry Bird stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is. That, that's absolutely Larry Bird stuff. Okay. So this, this is my last one. Um, let me echo what we said at the jump. Thank you so much for, coming on we really appreciate it we're happy to have you and you're more than welcome anytime on this if you want to be on a podcast well good lord we'll make time for you any day of the week. that's not a problem sounds good but um 
Before I get to my question, let me say I, I, I've gotten the pleasure for four years of football watching you. You are an incredibly gifted player, incredibly gifted young athlete and young man. Um, listen to your cousin. Go start at quarterback <laughs> for BG or go start as a shooting guard for BG. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> go do something for BG so Lance will finally shut up about, oh, BG's not winning this. BG's not winning that. You will be able to shut him up and make my day a lot better. But can you confirm once and for all that you and Michael Erdeljack are not the same person? <laughs> we're, we're very similar. I will agree with you on that. We're very similar. Uh, my hair is better, though. Uh, <laughs> my looks are better. And I'm, and I'm about three inches taller than him. So uh, I, I think that he's the... He's the, he's the clone. I think, he's the, I think he's the clone. He's like Walmart, Ben, you know. He's Walmart. Great, great value. There's nowhere else we can go with this. There's, there's really not. We, we, we close with Walmart, Ben. Uh, <laughs> no, I love I Mike. Could... I do love Mike. He's a, he's such a good dude. He, he's a very good friend of mine. So I'm sure he'll get a kick out of this if he hears it. I'm sure he will, too. <laughs> Just wanted to echo everything Matt said. Thank you, Ben, so much for taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate, we appreciate you coming on the first ever episode of Lance and Matt Plus. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And that will just about do it for the first edition of Lance and Matt Plus. Next week, we'll talk about our college experiences. And I mean, Matt, before we go, I mean, it was, it was, it was so much fun talking, uh, talking with Ben Spieth. I mean, it was, you know, got, got to hear a player's perspective. And that's the one thing that, you know, because of COVID, both between the kind of social distancing at games and not us wanting to, you know, try and intrude in anyone else's space. And the fact that, you know, during like our sports title interviews, we were limited to just coaches where sometimes we would talk to some of the players too. So it was, it was definitely nice to talk with him and get kind of that insider perspective that we just, didn't get to see because we were outsiders. Oh no, it, it was great. I mean, special thanks absolutely to Ben for coming on. I mean, it wasn't lip service was it's been just a delight to watch him these last four years played. I mean, he's just such an incredibly gifted player and uh, yeah, no joke. He needs to go play football BG. Like I, I, he, he, he's off. He's not on right now. So we can, he, he absolutely has to play football at B like, could you imagine BG roster with Ben Spies at quarterback and then getting the throw to Levi Gazarek as his tight end on that one? I mean, it, come on, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I personally, I think you should try and play basketball. Well, because, he should do that too. I think he should do both. Because I mean, I've seen BG basketball players, and I've seen players that can shoot pretty well and other guys that maybe it wasn't a part of their game or they just struggled at it, what have you. He can absolutely shoot at the college level. There's no oh, yeah. doubt about it's, that. I, I would say if there's a takeaway for anybody out there listening, because I, I'm just for that he's been barely getting any recruiting mm -hmm. from anybody. So if there's any colleges out there that are listening or tuning into this one, I'll, I'll just call a duck a duck, a hamburger a hamburger, and a turkey a turkey. Um, ben Spies is a college athlete, full stop. It doesn't matter which sport in particular between basketball or football. He is a college-level athlete easily. 
So want to do yourself a favor, get hit on the phone with him, get on the horn with him, get him into your program. You will have an improvement to your program by adding him on. Just as simple as that. I mean, I, I know the NCAA has got a lot of other stuff going on with the bonus year for the seniors and stuff like that. And for the graduating class from this past year, getting the bon- the extra year out of it. But yeah, full, full stop. If you can get a Ben Spies on your roster, you've done something really good in your recruiting office. That'll just about do it for us. Once again, big thanks to Liberty Benton senior Ben Spies for joining us here on the program. And for Matt Cobb and this is Lance Moore signing off from the TCB studios. We'll talk to you guys next week for another episode of Lance and Matt Plus.